Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Come plan your dream wedding all in one day at the 17th Annual Newport Bridal Show on March 3rd. Meet with more than 80 top wedding professionals at two of Newport's most romantic venues, Rose Cliff and Ocean Cliff Mansions. Visit NewportBridalShow.net to buy your ticket today. Hey there, Cape Cod. It's high noon on Wednesday. Time for an episode of Life with Gwen, the Cape Cod Times life show, life host talk show. I am just rattled because I am so excited about today's guest. And I'd like to introduce you to Nickerson. He is an Eastern Screech Owl. He is an animal ambassador for Wild Care, Inc., and he's brought his human, which is very nice of him. Uh, so his human is Stephanie Ellis, the executive director of the Wild Care uh, Rehabilitation Program. Hi, Stephanie. Good morning. Thanks Thank for having us. Thank you for coming. And I know that uh, you mentioned that when you had to uh, wake up Nickerson that, that he was a little grumpy because he's nocturnal, right? That's right. So um, I think he's a little party animal at night. And in the morning, he doesn't really want anything to do with us. Um, so one of my staff um, grabbed him from his aviary, and he was a little bit grumpy. <laughs> oh, but he looks kind of interested now. In fact, um, I have this side view, and his eyes look very much like cat eyes. Yes, isn't it fascinating? Um, they have very large pupils, and if you were to look inside of his head, his eyes take up most of the space in there. Hmm. Uh, the brain is very small, and the eyes are very large. He's very cute. Now, I've seen people also, um, and obviously with someone who, who knows how to take care of the owl, but I've seen people stroke them, almost pet them like a, like a cat. Do they like that or do they like to just sit on their own? Um, it depends on the, on the animal. They're all individuals with individual personalities. He is not thrilled about being touched. You can see he sort of looks down at me like, what the <laughs> heck are you doing? Don't touch me. Um, I feel like he certainly, he tolerates me. I wouldn't say he's in love with me. <laughs> but um, sometimes it seems comforting uh, to scratch the back of their head. And it depends on the animal. In some days, he's totally game with being scratched. And uh, those little, that little sound that hopefully you all heard, that we heard here, um, sort of a little rolling in the back of his throat. Tell me about that. Is it connected to his mood or is it, uh, how does he make that sound? Sure. So we're not entirely sure what he's saying, but we think it's sort of a neutral uh, communication. He, um, he knows I'm here and, um, you know, he's, I can tell by his posture that he's comfortable. He's not stressed at all. Um, thank goodness. Yeah, thank goodness. Because he can fly. <laughs> yes, he can. So we think it's probably just a communication, like a neutral communication between owls. So he's communicating with me. Do you generally have one staff person who works with each of the animal ambassadors? Do they get used to a certain human? Um, we have, so most of my animal care staff work with the owls. And then uh, my animal care coordinator and I, we take we take Nickerson and our other owl up up on programs. Mm -hmm. um, so they do get frequent handling, you know, lots of enrichment. Their life is, is very rich. So now Nickerson 
will be with you. He is not able to be returned to the wild. Is that is that right? Can you tell me a little bit about his story? Sure. So Nickerson, um, if everyone can see at home, he is. Um, it appears that he's missing his right eye. He does have an eye in there, but it's very small. It's atrophied. Um, he was a victim of tree felling uh, during the summer months. Um, mm. A tree was cut down in Nickerson State Park, and they didn't know that there were owls nesting in it. Mm. So um, the next morning, the rangers went to clean up um, the debris, and they found baby owls on the ground. Oh. And they felt absolutely terrible because they didn't know. Um, they brought us the owls, and Nickerson had suffered an eye injury in the fall. And so we had decided, you know, he's not in any pain. Um, he, uh, that we are aware of, he eats well, uh, he's got attitude, seems very happy, and we decided since he was young that he would be a great candidate for um, being an educational owl. And that was in June of 2015. Mm -hmm. And so he's going on, uh, this year will be his fourth birthday, and they usually live about uh, six to nine years. Mm -hmm. um, so... He he was um, smaller than I expected when you took him out of his raptor cage, and uh, is this and about how much does he weigh and and is that like you know um, uh, average for his his species? Yes, so this is an eastern screech owl, mm -hmm. and um, his coloration is um, is gray, and there actually there are three different um, morphs of this species. There's a red, a gray, and a brown. Um, and this is their size. I call them a pint-sized owl. Uh, they're very small. They're not the smallest smallest species of owl in uh, New England. Um, but this is adult size. <clears throat> and um, what was the what was the well? I was gonna, I was asking about how much he weighs, and oh, I know much? you said when you picked him up and started holding yes. him that he he's getting heavier. Yes. Yeah, so he. Um, He's a little bit on the round side for the winter. He is 300 grams, which is a couple of pounds, basically. And in the winter, because his aviary is outside, my staff, um, they give them give him and his owl friend uh, extra food just to make sure they're bulked up for the winter temperatures. So, But I can feel the noticeable difference between um, his summer physique and his winter his winter physique. Well, I have to tell you, he's saying, hey, lady, you know, um, <laughs> I'm just perfect. You know, I'm not fat. I'm fluffy. That's so, right. Um, I appreciate so much that, that you brought uh, that you brought Nickerson. You call him Nikki sometimes? or I do. I call him Nikki. Hi, Nikki. You're a good bird. And uh, but actually, um, Nickerson brought Stephanie so that we can learn a little bit more about the organization and about a very big fundraiser that they have coming up on February 9th. Yes, that's correct. So should we start there and you can tell everyone what's happening that day and then maybe we'll uh, hit that one more time before we leave because we want people to know that that's happening and sure. we also want to invite you if you are watching to write in and um, any questions you have about the owl about the organization uh, please just feel free to ask and we'll read them to Stephanie and and uh, get those answered but why don't we start with um, you last year was your 25th anniversary that's correct and you have been director since 2016 correct but your name seems so familiar to me because you've had other jobs at the organization. Yes, I have. So I, I've been back um, at Wild Care three times now. 
So oh, three's wait. a charm. <laughs> Maybe you should stop leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I have no intention. I'm staying for good. Okay. <laughs> it, uh, so tell me a little bit about the uh, upcoming fundraiser, and then let's talk in general about the mission of the, of the group. Sure. Um, so the fundraiser that's coming up, it's called Wild Winter Night, and it's hosted at the Elks Lodge in East Ham. It's on February 9th. And um, the event starts at 5.30. And to me, of course, I'm biased, but I think it's the most fun event um, of the year on Cape Cod. Um, what we have is a live and silent auction, um, tons, literally hundreds of items that you can um, bid on. And some of our live auction items are really fun. Like um, we have uh, several safari, African safari trips wow. that you can walk away with that evening. Um, you know, it's we a can, really big uh, prize, a really big raffle prize. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Prize. And as you know, with most auctions, you know, you generally get a really great price um, for these things, and you're supporting a great cause. You're supporting wild care. Mm -hmm. um, we have weekend getaways. Uh, one of the live auction items is um, a boat rental out of Nosset Marina for the day, and it includes me um, <laughs> as, as the birder on the boat. So um, really interesting stuff. Um, there's live music. There's a, there's um, food for purchase, and it's it's great fun. People should definitely come. Um, and uh, now tickets. Uh, your website. Yes, our website, which is wildcarecapecod.org. If you purchase tickets in advance, um, they're thirty five dollars online. Um, if you purchase tickets at the door, they're forty dollars. And tickets include refreshments, desserts, appetizers, and then we have uh, food available for purchase in a cash bar at the event. So get a little bit of everything. It's a great way to beat the winter doldrums. <laughs> and did we mention where it is? Um, yes, at the East Ham Elks Lodge. On That's, McCoy Road, right? On McCoy Road, yeah. I, I was being flattered because uh, Nikki had actually turned his head around to I like to think to look at me, but really he probably just felt like turning his head around. <laughs> I, um, it's interesting, you know, you can see that he has a, a natural camouflage because he looks almost like tree bark. He really does. And actually I forgot to bring it, but often, um, you know, we utilize him for programs throughout Cape Cod teaching children and adults about um, the importance of owls. And often I'll bring a piece of bark and put it behind him mm -hmm. and people can see how he... He virtually disappears ah. right before your eyes. He's beautiful. He looks very soft, but I'm not going to touch him because if, uh, <laughs> if he's not sure about it, I'm sure that having a stranger touch him would not be something he'd enjoy. Um, and are those little ears at the very top? Um, these are, I'm so glad you asked this. So these little tufts, they are actually uh, not his ears. They are just used for camouflage and for communication with other screech owls. His ears, if he will let me touch him, are um, about Don't here. Don't do anything rash. <laughs> um, they're lower on his head. And so you can see, see how he's very round right now? It tells me that he's very relaxed. He feels comfortable. But if he was stressed out, he immediately, he makes himself extremely tall. The ear tufts go up and he looks like a tree branch. Oh. And that tells me that he is stressed. Okay, so we have a, a message from Karen Watkins. Why are they called screech owls if their voices are not a screech? Or do they have another sound? That is a really great question. The eastern screech owls do not really screech, so I'm not sure why they were named that. Um, 
the calls, uh, the song of the owls is more like a wavering tremolo, like a whinny. It's like, wee, wee, wee. See, I just embarrassed myself for you. Um, uh, <laughs> well, I'm like not sure horse. you got that exactly right because <laughs> he, he was like totally oblivious. He, he didn't move at all, you know. Um, they and don't make much screeching. That that other little sound that that to me, you know, I'm a cat person, so it sounds like a purr. That uh, that is their other sound. Um, yes, that's another sound. They have a few sounds. One is this light fluttering. It sounds like a bouncing ball. Mm -hmm. And you had asked me earlier. Um, so their birds have a syrinx, which is a, a voice box. Um, and basically it's it's bifurcated it splits in two so they can actually make um you know s different sounds at the same time um their their vocal abilities are completely different than ours so he can make all these really cool very low guttural sounds and some higher pitch wailing sounds uh let's see allison harding is asking does wild care need volunteers um Alison Harding's my cousin, and I love her so much. And um, <laughs> I think we have a planted question, folks. <laughs> and um, Wild Care always needs volunteers. Um, we received over 1,800 animals in 2018, which is the highest volume ever. And so we need volunteers to help us in the clinic, um, help us with our baby bird, feeding baby birds, baby squirrels. There's a lot of cleaning to be done. But yes, year-round we accept volunteers. And uh, the best way to reach you uh, to, through your website probably? To, or do you have like a certain time when, uh, you know, prospective volunteers come in or how, how do you handle it? So if you go to our website, which is wildcarecapecod.org, there's a button at the top that says volunteer. If you click on that, it shows you all of our volunteer opportunities and when those opportunities are available. Mm -hmm. um, you can then fill out the online application from there and our volunteer coordinator Nikki um, she will contact people um, and arrange basically for them to come in and start a shift. And if people are um, not entirely for you know familiar or comfortable with the animals um, and but they they want to do you, you do training and that kind of thing? We do, yes, and I have to be honest that um, when people start, especially for our clinic program, it's a lot of cleaning. Um, you know, you don't go in and get to handle owls um, immediately. It's a lot of cleaning um, of kennels and dishes, food prep, and eventually um, you help us with handling of the animals, feeding baby animals. And so I always tell people just stick with it because the cleaning is really important. It's critical to their care. So first clean, then cute. And a friend of mine volunteered <laughs> yes. for an organization like yours, Off Cape, and she came home and said, I think I did 800 pounds of, of laundry today. <laughs> she said, and I have teenage girls. I didn't know that there could be laundry, more laundry than that, you know? Yes. Let's see, we're hearing from Kristen Doyle. Do they sleep a lot? Yeah. I think she means the owl. The owl. <laughs> um, that's a great question, Chris, Kristen. So um, they're nocturnal, the screech owls. And we actually have a remote camera in uh, the aviary with Nickerson and his friend um, Up Up, our other owl. And we can see that they are super busy all night until sometimes 7 a.m. And then they sleep the entire day. 
Um, so when I just opened his little carrying case, he was asleep right in the front and like, hey, why are you? <laughs> this is my sleeping time. Um, so they do, uh, they sleep all day and, and they're up all night. And, you know, we can't offer him coffee like we can with uh, <laughs> Stephanie, you know. The humans can get a little caffeinated help, but uh, not the owls. Right. Speaking of offering him something, what does he eat? So he eats, um, at Wild Care, he eats a lot of mice, uh, you know, dead, thawed mice, um, and also mealworms and waxworms. In the wild, because they're smaller owls, they actually eat a lot of insects. Um, and so moths and caterpillars and such, and then they eat small rodents, moles, voles, mm -hmm. shrews. Um, they don't generally prey on larger on larger prey because they're a tiny little owl. Yeah, I, I can imagine that when you're two pounds, you don't uh, want to uh, be trying to take on anything very big. Exactly. And as far as the whole rodent thing goes, I, I said to Stephanie, we're going to be searching your, your backpack. No rodents in the studio. <laughs> I, I am not a mouse girl. <laughs> oh, it's it's Allison uh, again, and she's saying, "Are you still accepting donations for the auction?" Um, yes, we are still accepting donations for the auction. Um, it's it's crucial if people can email me. Um, you know, this week my email is Stephanie, and that's S T E P H A N I E at wildcarecapecod.org. Um, and I'm really glad that she asked that because we are completely dependent on caring people and community for do to donate items, um, which bring us in money at our auctions at the event. So great question, Allison. Thank you. There are so many people, so many talented people on Cape Cod. I imagine you get quite the collection of things um, in terms of, of uh, I know that uh, the uh, Kathy Schatzberg, the former uh, president of Cape Cod Community College, is also a terrific baker, and uh, she donated a bread a month um, one year for one of the auctions oh, out at the college. So there have been wonderful, wonderful services that uh, people bring their passion to it and give of themselves. Uh, as Stephanie is when she goes out in the boat. So we'll have to, now that you know Stephanie and Nick, you're gonna, we're going to have to get that auction item up higher than, than usual because uh, what a lovely guide you would be. Thank you. So, um, you know, this is also a podcast, folks. You go to lifewithcapecodtimes.com slash lifewithgwen and put the word podcast after that. You can sign up and get the podcast in your car. So for our podcast listeners, I must tell you that uh, um, Nickerson here is, what would you say, about a foot long? I would say so, yes. And uh, his his uh, head does go, does it go all the way around or is that a mis misconception? His head can go um, 270 degrees, so almost all the way around. Wow. That's why, you know, every now and then he'll just turn his, his little head and, and he'll be facing me instead of uh, a side profile there. Yes, and, and I can, I always tell people I can't make him look in any given place as you can see, his head will, you know, his head will go anywhere <laughs> he wants it to. He's, she's, Stephanie has uh, him on, she's got a glove on, or a Raptors glove, and he's sitting here, um, and she's moving him back and forth, and, and uh, it looks like he's doing the twist, but his head is staying, <laughs> head staying in one place. And um, anyway, and he has, uh, when you first took him out, he did flap his wings, so that's a pretty good wingspan that he has. 
Yes, um, I don't know what their wingspan is exactly. Maybe it might be a foot with both wings open. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason he wasn't releasable is because, you know, these birds of prey, binocular vision is so critically uh. important to them. And so we often receive adult owls with eye injuries and we're able to release them because they can often compensate. They've had experience in the wild. Exactly. So they can often they can often compensate for the lack of one eye. But for a baby with an eye injury, you know, he came as an owlet, mm -hmm. um, to release him into the wild would be probably a death sentence for that animal. So that's why he was a great candidate for education and mm -hmm. not for release. That's that's really interesting because uh, older owls probably have like a muscle memory almost in being able to judge distance and, and hunt and that kind of thing. Absolutely, hmm. yes. Kristen Doyle asks, do they make traditional nests like birds? Hi, Kristen. Um, they do not make traditional nests. The screech owls actually nest in tree cavities. Um, and so they'll use, and they can't build the cavities themselves. So they use abandoned woodpecker cavities, abandoned squirrel cavities. And so we often encourage people, if you can keep up, keep your old trees up and your old snags, don't tear them down because an animal like this might like to nest in them. Um, and also I should mention, um, so we usually tell people to try to reserve all of your tree pruning, your tree felling uh, for the fall and winter months. These guys are actually, they sit on eggs in as early as March. Um, so I tell people to really, if you have to take a tree down, if you can check around the base of the tree and look for owl pellets, uh, all, which is basically fur and regurgitated bones that they cough up, much like a, you know, a cat hairball. Um, look for owl pellets, look for signs of activity, look for poop, carnage, um, just to make sure you're not potentially evicting um, an owl or another type of wild animal that is nesting there. And that actually kind of brings us into an area that I'm sure a lot of people have interest in, which is um, what do you do when you find an animal that appears to be in distress? Sure. So um, it depends on what type of species it is, of course. But what we generally tell people is if you can get it into a box safely, um, your safety comes first. Um, get it into a box and keep it in a, a quiet and warm place. And then contact either Wild Care or the Birdsey Cape Wildlife Center is in Barnstable um, and for next steps on advice. Mm -hmm. We generally, um, we tell people to refrain from offering food or water. Okay. Because depending on the, the injury, um, they may not be able to digest food or swallow water, they could aspirate it into their lungs. So as humans, we always want to feed. We want to feed things that's comforting to us, but really the kindest thing you can do is keep them warm and quiet um, and find a local wildlife center or rehabilitator. Okay, and is there um, an, emer an emergency option? Do you, you know, uh, either through the, some towns, you know, have the uh, animal officer, uh, is there an emergency op option like on your phone? Um, yes, there is. So we operate a helpline from nine to five daily, uh, 365 days a year. And the phone number is 508-240-2255. However, after 5 p.m., there is a wonderful group um, on Cape Cod called the Friends of Cape Wildlife, and they operate a 24-hour emergency hotline. 
and they work very closely with us. And I apologize that my brain is that's okay. I'm sure that's on, on your number. website. <laughs> you know, what did we ever do before websites to keep all our information in? We have a question. Cindy Farquhar is uh, actually it's a comment. Is uh, says love his name. My mom's family is Nickerson, and I, I assume he was named because of he came from Nickerson State Park. Yes, um, he's from Nickerson State Park. So, and a common name here, an old family name, so yes. it fits right in. It's wonderful. Everyone's familiar with Nickerson. Tell me um, just a little bit about some of your other animal ambassadors. Sure. So um, I keep mentioning that we have another eastern screech owl. She was also a victim of tree felling as a, um, an owlet, and she suffered an injured wing, and so she cannot uh, fly well. Right. So she lives in the aviary with him, and we use them both for educational programs. We also have a really, um, an absolutely amazing and beautiful eastern box turtle as an ambassador. His name is Garvey. We just renamed him. His name was 45, um, but it caused a little bit of um, conflict, <laughs> lots of questions. So we just renamed him Garvey, and he's over 25 years old, absolutely beautiful, and he, you know, he comes with us to programs all over Cape Cod. So we have three animal ambassadors right now, and, and we, we plan to grow that program into the future. It, uh, now, tell me a little bit about the range of animals that, um, um, oh, actually, we have oh, a producer's yeah. note in the, in the meantime. It says, uh, if it doesn't stress Nickerson, move him closer to the camera for a closer look. There we go. How's that? I think it's just stressing Stephanie because she's got to show us her upper arm strength. <laughs> That's doing okay. This. That's okay. You got those Michelle Obama arms, right? <laughs> you look like you work out. <laughs> so, um, oh, is he Look at the face. Oh, you can put your elbow down too, He's so it's so cheating a little bit. About this. Oh, that's nice. There we He's go. He's staring at you, Jason. So we all stare at Jason. It doesn't bother him. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have five minutes left, so I want to cover a lot of things quickly. Um, you have an interesting story about um, about some trees and what you use them for. Uh, they were a donation, right? Yes, they were a donation, and. Um, every year, for the past several years, uh, Hope Health, um, they are an organization that offers, they, ha they host this beautiful ceremony called um, Memory of Trees. And what they do is they have over 15 trees throughout Cape Cod um, where people can purchase shells that are inscribed with the name of their loved ones that have passed. And then they have ceremonies that on, you know, with these 15 different trees commemorating loved ones um, and what happens is in January when they take the trees down they always offer them to wild care and we love them um, what we do is we take these trees and we put them into our aviaries there's one in our aviary with Nickerson that he loves and they provide enrichment hiding places you know a more natural uh, habitat more natural setting almost like a owl playground Exactly. So. And um, it's really wonderful. Move that right there before it hits you in the head. Sure, thank you. So, um, and uh, so, well, thank, thanks to, to, um, um, to the organization that's donating those to you. And uh, we also wanted to talk about um, 
well, we talked about the fundraiser, which uh, we'll put a little notice about that in the paper, right. and um, people can remember to get their their tickets. Um, and will there be live animals there, or is that more of a, a people kind of socializing thing? Um, there will not be live animals there, mainly because we often have about 150 people, and so it's very busy. There's loud, too stressful. Not loud music, but there's music, and so it would be too stressful for the animals. So unfortunately, we won't have them there. Um, and uh, I don't, we have a question. Do you do a lot of school field trips? Um, field trips to wild care, I'm assuming? Yes. Um, you know, so we do arrange um, special trips for groups. And if people are interested in that, uh, you can email me um, at stephanie at wildcarecapecod.org. Um, wild care is not open. Oops. Wild care is not open to the public um, because we're basically an emergency hospital for animals. So the animals that are with us are sick or injured. Right. However, I do like to arrange um, special, we call them guided, guided visits. Mm -hmm. um, because I think it's important for people to see the amazing work that we do and see why it's important. So please email me and I would be happy to arrange. Okay, and I had uh, one last question I want to sneak in. If you sharp-eyed viewers have, have seen, Nickerson has left us a little gift. That's what you get <laughs> when you work with animals. Um, but um, the question I had is, can you tell me a little bit about the range? You know, we've been focusing on uh, owls, turtles. Um, what is the, you know, do you get bigger mammals? And, and uh, you know, what are some of the other uh, animals that you've, you've had brought in, some of the more unusual ones? Sure. Um, so at Wild Care, um, we accept any species of wild bird. And I would say that 70% of what we receive are birds. We also accept small mammals. Um, about as large as we can accommodate is an opossum, mm -hmm. Virginia opossum. We also accept um, mice. Believe it or not, people not bring coming. us mice. I know it's all your favorite. <laughs> you, uh, she has a pet mouse. <laughs> we can be friends anyway. Yeah. Um, and then any species of wild reptile or amphibian. Um, unfortunately, because our facility is small, we are not able to accommodate large mammals. And so what we do is if we receive calls about injured fox, coyote, skunk, otter, um, we refer those calls often to the Birdsey Cape Wildlife Center in Barnstable. Oh, they, they do take bigger animals? They do, and they have, they have the facility uh, and the resources to work with those animals. And so we have a really wonderful working, working relationship um, with them, and no animal is left behind. I'm amazed, um, as I'm sure you are, when I see all the fundraisers, you know, the smaller ones that, that restaurants are doing for, for wild care or um, sometimes schools. It, it seems to me that you guys are very well known after 25 years on the Cape. And uh, I'm sure there's, it's hard to estimate how many animals you've worked with, but if there were 1,800 just last year, that we're talking thousands. Thousands. In fact, I keep... Um, I keep saying that we've treated over 27,000 animals in um, 25 years, but I think that is a gross underestimate um, because just in the past, uh, just in the past three years, uh, in 2018 we saw over 1,800 animals. The year before it was 1,700. Oh wow! Right and then there. 1,300, mm. and I think in 2014 we saw like 800 animals. Is there any? So, are there any trends that you're noticing? I mean, is there any particular reason 
that that we're seeing more animals brought in is it more awareness or or are there more animals being injured do you think yes um that's a great question i think there are a few things happening we've definitely increased our visibility in the past three years and so more people know about us and so more people are bringing us animals which which is a good thing um i also see you know the population on cape cod is increasing every summer every year the people population the people population and so with that with um a larger people population there's a greater impact on wildlife but i always like to counter that by saying if we have more people we have also have more people who can care who care um, and can work to reduce their impacts on wildlife. That sounds like a, a great place. Um, do you do classes for people to learn about wildlife, or is it mostly answering questions? Um, we do. I haven't done any structured classes in a while, but I do provide uh, programs to the public on a regular basis. In fact, I'm speaking, if people would like to see Nickerson again, he will be with me at 2 p.m. this Saturday, the 26th, at the Harwich Community Center for a talk with uh, Harwich uh, Land Conservation Trust. Great, and uh, 2 p.m. At, um, at the Harwich Community Center? That's correct. Wonderful, so Nickerson is looking forward to seeing all of you, and we are looking forward to seeing all of you next week. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much. Thank you, this was fun. Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.